0: And welcome to the Authentic Connection podcast by Honeypot. My name is Laura and I'll be your host. Each week, a special guest and I will dive deep into authentic connection, unraveling what this means for us and how to find it with ourselves, each other and the environment. These raw conversations are packed with knowledge, wisdom and inspiration relatable for all human beings journeying through life. The universe has brought you to this podcast for a reason. Let's jump in and journey together. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Authentic Connection podcast by Honeypot. My name is Laura. In today's conversation, I speak with Sarah Vickers, also of Honeypot. Sarah is the third of the Honeypot trio. We talk about Clues that gave Sarah insight into the fact that she wasn't connected to herself. We talk about the power of meditation. We talk about vegetable gardens. We talk about intimacy and taking things slow. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Sarah Vickers of Honeypot. thank you so, so much for joining me today. It is lovely to be able to chat to you, ask you some questions that I may not have got the chance to ask you in a normal conversation. Um, hello, thanks for having me. It's exciting to do this little thing. Our lovely Susie is one of our honeypot crew, and so I thought I'd take this opportunity to find out a little bit more about... Obviously, her thoughts on connection because Honeypot is all about connection. I suppose to start off with, I'd love to hear a little bit about your story and maybe some of the pivotal moments in your life that have enabled you to sort of arrive at this point that you are in this moment. Mm, Yeah,
1: it's quite a, a broad question, but I think, in short, without taking ages to get to the point, I think what got me here is. Having an understanding of a lack of connection with myself initially and being sort of out of touch and thinking external environments and and people, situations, places would make me feel fulfilled, that I would feel more grounded, that I would feel more connected and settled and heard and seen if those external things were right, in quotation marks, and the more that I look back on my journey I guess when you're in the journey it's very hard to see these learnings um, and I think with age and time you have more clarity around the growth that you've made but I vividly remember this has popped up and I think it's kind of a cool thing to share is that I come from a nursing background and I was working had my first year in the Waikato at a Hospital which I um, found re- really challenging and I remember saying and I said I've got to get out of Hamilton I don't like it and I need I'm going to move to Christchurch and I said to my sister I'm scared that if I move to Christchurch and I still have the same problems that it's not the place that I'm in it's me and and that was like a very confronting thing to to deal with and funnily enough I moved to Christchurch and had the same problems (laughs) so it wasn't the environment that was affecting my connection with myself it was me I, I was running away from who who was I I had all of those like classic things of like where do I belong all of those thoughts that you think and I've learned that my environment plays a huge part in it, but it isn't the f- the only thing that contributes to me being um, as a whole. So I guess that those are my biggest learnings is that actually the relationship I have with myself, that I am complete in myself as I am, um, finding that has allowed me to have space to be like, really authentic in myself showing up and I think moving to Auckland and being in the job that I'm in has really allowed me to be myself Now working in a field and you know holistic health which I feel really connected to and it's brought me to amazing people which then has helped my environment so I now feel like I'm in a really great environment I mean if I'd looked back four years ago and said I'd live in Auckland I said I would have said no way that is the last city in the whole of New Zealand that I would ever live in and it's the one city that I felt the best in because I'm really connected to myself and I'm authentic in myself I'm not perfect at all but it's it's definitely um it's helped me be where I am now
0: do you think there were any things in terms of clues like the first things that you spotted that might have led you to think ah I think it's that I'm not connected to myself Mm. I
1: think that the moving I've moved around a lot I'm, I moved every year for seven years to a different city and I and I went to see a um an energy healer and we talked about it and I've never really thought of it not that it's a wrong it's wrong at all it's just been an interesting thing and I think a lot of movement was a big mm. sign to me that I thought moving was going to help so that mm. to me was a big clue that actually I'm really, I was really ungrounded in myself and thinking that an external thing would help. Um, I think another clue was, I guess I was, I've always been inquisitive and trying to, you know, I've been interested in the way that we function in the world and humans, but I was thinking that external relationships would make me feel Something that I was missing, but it's not an external relationship that, like, I, you know, in a romantic relationship or friendships or mm-hmm. with your parents, they are so important. But it I had all of that, but I was still mm-hmm. feeling this like lack of something. And mm-hmm. that to me, now that I've done a lot of work and, you know, doing a lot of reading and, you know, just being, you realize that that's actually an internal thing.
0: Mm. Mm. and what were the things that brought that connection to yourself back into your life
1: a lot of trial and error <laughs> <laughs> yep. stepping out of my comfort zone you know I did a meditation course that was down in Ashburton for those that know Ashburton that's kind of a, it's a great place but it's a bit random um, I went by myself for three days with people who I didn't know, I've done all sorts of group things that I've turned up by myself. I was really stepping out of my comfort zone saying, I'm really safe in what I'm doing and I need to do something different so I can explore the different realms of which we have around us. So I think meditation was my biggest growth that got me into understanding that I'm not my mind. My mind's job is to think and to create ideas and stories and worries, but that's not me. Um, And then the more I understood that, then I got into reading lots of books, talking to different people, having different experiences, and just throwing myself in the deep end of things that maybe my old self would think would be really uncomfortable. But you learn to grow in those places, and I think that's what's kind of exciting.
0: And this might be hard to describe, but do you have any words to describe how you feel when you meditate? She closes her eyes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to bring the feeling into the moment right now so that you Um, can.
1: I want to say peace, but I think that sounds super cliche, but it's just space space I feel space between between my body my physical body I have space between the physical I have space between my thoughts it's not all crowded and clumsy and in your face you have space between each of those
0: different dimensions Mm. Mm. that sounds like something we all need a bit more of yeah what are the things that you struggled with the most over the last two months with isolation?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, no, it's a great question. <laughs> I've learned too. a lot in the last two months. But the biggest learning, in my opinion, and this is not for everyone, is it kind of all falls back to that you really want to feel solid and complete in yourself and not rely on someone else to give you what you think you need Mm. um my experience of the isolation has been slightly disjointed which happens in life and I think it's been a really really important learning for me is to know that you we all have support around us all the time um with friends and family and relationships of lovers that relationship with yourself, for me in this last, I guess this is why I've talked about it when we first started talking. Is has been a re- it's really t- front of my mind at the moment. Is that mm. that connection with yourself? And I know people always talk about self love, and it's all can feel a bit overwhelming. And like, what is self love? And how do you do that? And I don't think it needs to be a mushy thing. I think it's actually just being really clear with, this is me in this body. Like I am transporting this soul, and I, I need to feel really grounded in this vessel and who I am Um, Mm. and and for sure the connection and community is absolutely paramount Mm. I feel like in this world at the moment we rely on it a little too much that Mm. we it's one thing or one person or one group or just something always after another it's like do we ever just stop and be, who am I? Who is Sarah in this? Instead of, mm. I'm part of all these different things, which don't get me wrong, I think is so important. But I think in that community, we can, we can experience and help support each other, understand
0: who am I. That 100% makes sense. We, I mean, even thinking about how much we use technology and now that that connection to the outside world is 24-7 you know even when we're lying in bed at night we have a phone right beside us where we could put an Instagram up and connect with a couple of hundred people or even just send some messages out to friends yeah I completely agree on that sort of over-reliance on other people to fill our own cup up or fill a need or a requirement certainly over the last 12 months my own journey has been something where I've you know you just don't notice it when you're when you're in it, mm. it's only that perspective once you're out of it, when you realize, wow, I was looking for something that's already within me and yep. somebody else. Mm. Mm. I completely agree that a connection with yourself is important. And I've loved hearing the way that you speak about it says, mm. but when you do want to connect with others, what are your favorite ways to do that? And particularly in terms of finding a really authentic connection with other people.
1: I love connecting with others I feel like it's my birthright I love people they fill me up so much they fill me up so much that I don't have enough time to myself which I'm working (laughs) on yeah I think for me again I go back to being when I'm authentically myself that you attract those people who are authentic in themselves too and you share that connection I think I've got incredible friends and I've got an incredible family. But the last couple of years in Auckland has been a really big growth for me and has allowed me to really find like-minded people who I can feel, I feel very safe to communicate exactly what I think and feel, even if it's absolutely absurd. I can cry in front of them. I can be silly in front of them. I can do whatever I want and know that I'm safe and nothing is right or wrong in that way so I think being authentically me has allowed me to attract those like-minded people who share the same perception or or journey that they want in their life is that they want connected people even an example of us doing this right now is that you know a group of friends have got together and shared our passion in helping others and exploring connectivity and spirituality and Why are we on this earth? What is our purpose? Which is a lot of our conversations that Laura and I have most of the time we Mm. talk. (laughs) Yes. Um, And and that's what's brought me to being able to do this with you today and being authentic to yourself and knowing that whatever that shows up as is perfect as it is.
0: That's beautiful and really simple, but potentially hard to follow through because we've spent our whole entire life, you know, with whatever preconceptions of who we are or who we want to be and who we want to show up with that it is actually depending on the person as well depending on the person you're trying to connect with it is actually really hard to be yourself sometimes if mm. if you spent your whole life being who you thought was mm. yourself yeah and my only other thing to add to that is that when you are in authentic in yourself it actually draws and allows other people to be more authentic as well or more true to themselves you know, without, without effort, you know, it's just a natural thing. And I know that's a lot of what Brene Brown is talking about with vulnerability and honesty and sharing and mm. just makes it so much easier to connect with others when you are being true, honest, vulnerable and authentic.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was actually watching a TEDx talk that Anna sent me yesterday about being yourself, is that we spend our whole lives looking at someone else? let's say for instance someone in the media I don't know someone famous and you think oh wow how, you know they're so they are they hold themselves so well and they are so successful in all these different ways and and Caroline who was talking said that they are being authentically themselves and you know you look at someone and say oh they fill up the room with their energy because they're being authentically themselves they're not in the small circle around themselves, looking down at their feet saying, oh, am I wearing the right shoes? Am I wearing the right, who cares? Just Mm -hmm. if you, you could wear the craziest, silliest outfit, but be so bold in yourself of being like, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. This is who I am. And you show up in a beautiful, Mm -hmm way then that's what brings this energy of attraction around you it's not the things that you wear or the haircut that you have it's that energy that you produce around yourself so you know it sort of links into that vulnerability authenticity of being you and and I think yeah, for sure it can be challenging. It is a challenge, but that's what we're here on this earth to do is to try and explore, how can I come back to myself more? I don't think we ever get to this point in a year and I'll be like, oh, I, I'm I'm 100% authentically me. You're never going to do that. It's just a constant journey of peeling back those layers. And I notice it in myself, you know, it's just a reflection, I think.
0: Because at the same time as, you know, being authentically yourself and vulnerable with all of the good things, you kind of, you've got to show up and be vulnerable and authentic about all the things that are a little bit darker or, you know, that you don't like. Sometimes it's easy to be authentic with the stuff that you're good at or the stuff that you like about yourself and then suddenly you're like, ah, well, actually, if I'm really going to follow through with this authentic business, I better show all the sides. I think
1: that's a really good point that you bring up because you know there are there's a lot of talk about being true and authentic and self-love and loving all the things about yourself which is really important and it is true but that's just not to say you know my journey into where I have been has been very challenging it still is very challenging there are still a lot of things that I'm not prepared to bring up quite yet because it's hard it's hard it really it puts a mirror in front of your face and says there's a lot to do and there's a lot of work to do but i slightly rest easy in the fact that knowing that is what it is it always is going to be like that there's always going to be challenging things and parts about myself that need more work and that's okay too it's okay to to have a darker side if you like or or you know challenging things that you find hard or a you know part of you that you don't maybe really like to resonate with that much but comes out if you're annoyed or you've something upsets you those things are okay it's the the awareness of it if you become aware of it then that's where the power of does it bother you do you have to sink into it and really like create big stories around it or you're just like hey I noticed that that's something I'm gonna you know become aware of more often and what can I do differently
0: in terms of connection a part of connection that I'm really passionate about is sort of the environment and obviously our connection to nature and what follows along from that is maybe looking after nature a bit better. And Is there a way that you like to connect to your environment, to nature? Mm-hmm. This has definitely been
1: something that hasn't been really in the forefront of my mind for most of my life. I mean, I've grown up on a farm. I've been exposed to being on the land – which sort of felt like a birthright in quotations marks, if you like. So it's been very much part of my life, you know, sort of the last 10 years that I've been in cities. And, and I haven't, to be honest, I've always, every year I've been in a house, whether it was in Wellington or Hamilton or wherever, Christchurch, I've always created a vegetable garden. Because for me, connecting to the earth is through the food that I eat because I moved so many times I got to a point where I was like, oh, I'm I'm not, not doing a vegetable garden again in the next house I'm in because I put all this time and effort into it. By the time it's flourishing, I leave. I think my biggest connection to the earth now is the, the food that I can grow and produce, mm. even if it's not a lot, you know, at the moment we're growing broccoli that seemed to have taken forever to grow, but they'll be there. <laughs> um,
0: They'll just take their time. They'll they'll flower when they're ready.
1: Yeah, and just maybe you know when we made dinner, it was like, oh, the silver silverbeet tonight's from the garden. It's being able to give appreciation to the land. Our relationship with the land is so distorted now. I mean, there are great things that are happening, but we're so far from it. And it's even just being able to create a little veggie patch in your backyard is one little way to connect. And for me, that's my biggest thing is gardening. Makes it's a really restorative peaceful thing for me to do I also very 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 much ground into the land um and mm. just will stand if I'm feeling top heavy in my head I'll just go out and stand and look at the grass and look at the sun and look at the sky and look at the trees and you know just think oh my gosh this is beautiful and nature makes this and I said to Katie the other day we were out going for a walk in the sun I'm sure everyone saw it when it was that full supermoon the moon was on one side and the sunset was on the other. And it was, it was, I can't even explain it. It was incredible. And I was like, this is nature. Yeah. How can we possibly have problems when you remove yourself from your own little things that we feel so caught up on? Stand outside on the land, look out and think, gee, I live in an incredible place. And I think the one other thing actually just on that note When I started to learn to meditate, my awareness of my external environment changed radically. Like Mm -hmm. I would literally be walking down a street and see a flower and my whole awareness would be in that flower and be like, whoa, that is beautiful. You know, just taking the time to think this thing grows and produces this beautiful flower and the same as like a fruit tree. You have a tree and then it grows an apricot and the apricot is juicy and orange and it's got a stone in the middle. Like <laughs> how amazing is that
0: totally. I think it's really nice that the way that you connect with the environment is really close to where you live and where you spend a lot of your time. Because again I think a lot of people think, oh, to connect with nature I have to go out into the middle of the bush, you know, or I have to go an hour away to this beautiful beach with no people around. When it's like actually Nature is all around us. We're constantly looking for nature, like way outside of us, you know, hours and hours away. It has to be totally remote and it has to be beautiful and it has to be Instagrammable, you know? Whereas actually nature is like right in our backyard. Nature is, you know, the cat that comes to visit us. Nature is the plants that we have in our bathroom, you know? It doesn't have to be these massive day trips or tramps out into nature to be connected to our environment. So I think that's really nice. And our next little bit of time what I would love to hear about is an intimate relationship that you feel like has changed your perspective or even changed how you relate to people in some way shape or form yeah if there's a relationship that jumps to mind that has changed you or allowed you to evolve
1: yeah for sure I think every relationship that I have with anyone is beautiful and allows me to to evolve and change and adapt, I was in a relationship nearly two years ago now that's gone fast that really changed my view on the way the type of relationship that I would like to be in um, the relationship that I had with this person was really great and served a purpose for the time that it was there and we're great friends now but it really taught me that I'm conscious of my words but I don't want to be in a normal yeah I just don't like to say that but I'm going to say it anyway because that's how I feel I don't want to be in a normal relationship where it's sort of co-hum and like yeah this works and we get on and like the sex is okay and like you know it just is sort of the normal You, you do your things and you you go out and I don't know I'm just that's not I've evolved hugely that was the kind of relationship that I was in it was really great at the time but this this feeling was inside me that was like I I I felt you know would the plan would to be go and see friends and have this evening and I was just this I was like this isn't really what I want I don't really but maybe that was the 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 type of people they're they're amazing people but just not the right vibe for what I'm what I'm wanting and that relationship made me have an understanding about a my worth that I am worthy of the greatest relationship I'm happy to wait for however long it is to share a relationship with someone where you both come together in a conscious way and can communicate that is the biggest thing is that for me personally, communication is the most important thing. If you can learn to communicate your wants and needs and desires for both yourself and each other individually and together, things are a lot easier and, and we had a lack of communication. But I think that was also just a lack of where we were on our own journeys. Um, and I think it's not always the person or the relationship together that was wrong. It was just that we, we evolved and changed um i i was very ungrounded his fear was that i would like randomly one day want to move to africa and i said yeah well maybe i will <laughs> yeah i can't guarantee that i won't want to do that <laughs> and and that's just something that's part of me and his part of him was to be really grounded and, and stay in this place and have security which isn't wrong either, but it was just a change. And we both evolved and discovered that probably what we both wanted was different. So that relationship really taught me that A I don't settle for something because it's safe, because mm-hmm. it could have been a really safe relationship. We still get on really well. He's a great guy, but it's would have been really safe. I would never have moved to Auckland. I would never have been exposed to the people that I've been exposed to the experiences that have made me grow and know what I want in my relationship, which, you know, I will hopefully have in the future. It's an interesting, but I do really think every relationship that we have comes to us, you know, for a real reason to learn, you know, even recently I haven't been in a relationship, but just met this guy and it's been really fun, exciting, but It was a learning for me. There were just little things that weren't 100% right. And I know it was a test to say, are you authentically holding what you want? Mm. Is this person a full yes? And if he's not, it's a no. (laughs) Mm. Which is hard because your brain's like, yeah, but he's nearly everything. But there's one thing. It's like from the learnings that I've been doing and the way that I want to be in my life is like, no.
0: You deserve a full yes. Yeah, a full yes at all four centres as well. Yeah, <laughs> from, our, totally. from our gal, Juliet Allen. Yeah. yeah. And of course, it's a really nice way to look back on a relationship, even though it didn't last. It was a really positive experience and a success. It wasn't a failure just because it didn't last, because it taught you um, a lesson about what you really want.
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you'd asked me after the relationship, I was a mess. But now that I've had two years of growth, that's where. And I think that's a really important thing for us to think is that, yeah, it's painful when things are challenging, and and things don't work out to maybe how we thought. You know, I I totally envisioned myself getting married, and la la la, you know, the normal. This is what my life is going to be like, and then I realized it wasn't probably what I wanted, and then I felt deeply hurt and sad, and all of those normal emotions and that's okay too but it's important to be able to look back i think and not hold on to the shitty things that happened you know look at for my me personally i just like to look at things from what did i learn from this how did i how was this a good experience because everything can be seen in that way
0: if we choose to look at it like that and of course, there was a lot of learnings from these relationships. Are any of those learnings things that you could articulate in terms of way that they, ways that they changed you? I know the one thing you've spoken about is they changed your perspective of what you want in a relationship, but do you feel like they changed anything about you? Um, I think it
1: just reminded me that I'm
0: a great person.
1: <laughs> That's so egotistic, but it does. It reminds you that you that you hold a lot of, really positive things you bring I bring a lot to a relationship and it's just reminding me that we all are great each human is so great in themselves and and I've learned that in the last you know three three years is that obviously have days where I question that completely but that's normal too the biggest learning is that I do offer a lot to in a in a fun positive way
0: I hope Mm. All right, Cezzy. I have a couple of little quickfire questions for you now. So, first thing that comes to mind, what is your favorite smell at the moment? My
1: favorite smell? All I can think about is my white sage incense that you got me for my birthday. No! <laughs> and that is actually my favorite. I love it. Yeah, white sage oh, incense. Geez. And I use it, not every evening, but most evenings. Just to spice things up. Ooh. I actually burnt some in the weekend. I love cleaning my room, getting it all tidy, and then burning my incense and just sitting in it. It's just so
0: yum. Love it. Nice clean space. Good for the mental state. Great. For
1: the mental state.
0: And what would be your favourite breakfast at the moment? Ooh.
1: Well, it rotates. At the moment, eggs on seeded loaf. But... Porridge is pretty up there. Recently, when I was in Christchurch for lockdown, Katie and I made porridge every day. Mm. Fried a banana, half a banana, blueberries, porridge, coconut milk, a little bit of honey. Yum! Yeah. <laughs> it's delish. I had a smoothie this morning, actually, and put a raw egg in it, and I was just saying to Ted, you can still taste the raw egg. Oh, I
0: don't find that you can taste it. <laughs> oh, I
1: can. Like I, My mind was like, is this placebo? Is this not? I was like, no, I can definitely taste it. Yeah, yeah. I'd go for eggs on a seeded loaf as my go-to right now.
0: But I do like to change it up. Variety is key. I've always leant on protein as my, like, main food source. But I think at the moment, and maybe it's the winter, definitely need a bit more carbohydrates. So porridge, yeah, it's been going pretty well for me too. Um, and who is a person that you look up to, whether you know them or not from afar or near? First person that comes to mind. Ramdas. Mm. I'm reading his book at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so like, his <laughs> book as well. It's <laughs> like I'm next on the list. Be me, here
1: sure. now. It's on totally top of mind. I've actually also while I was in lockdown was reading Michael Singer's book, The Surrender Experiment, and he quotes a lot of Ramdas's work because mm. I loved The Surrender Experiment. If anyone's mm. into that sort of vibe you should read it you should read it it's really good and then I got into Ram Dass's book and it's just a bible of goodness sometimes I just open it up read a page and just think okay today all I'm going to focus on is this there's so much wisdom so he's absolutely who I look up to I think also what's kind of great about him and his backstory is that he was a professor at Stanford and Hartford was very like straight and narrow and then and I went down the psychedelic route and realized that there was more to life than the everyday. Yeah. And then experienced change from there.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. So he's my man at the moment.
0: What about you? Ah, they old throw it back at the interview, all right? The person I look up to most at the moment. Ah, oh, gosh, there's a couple people that come to my mind. But actually, Ted, he is... Oh. Gosh, he has grown so, 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 so much over the last 12 months. And it's just so fucking exciting watching him become the person that he is. Oh, my gosh. Um, And I do think back to this time last year. And he's just become an incredible, incredible human. And I look up to him. He's always there, very, you know, still working with being in the present, but very, very, Incredible human to to look up to and watch and watch grow. What's your like? If there was one, except for you can't use the title, <laughs> there was one biggest takeaway from Baba Ramdass's book. Well, I can't use the title.
1: I think the biggest takeaway would be to just try and let go more, not control an outcome. Mm-hmm. Or even explain an outcome or Mm. try and understand anything. It sounds totally crazy, but the more that you let go and the more that you surrender to just whatever's happening right now, the easier life is. Mm. We make life so complicated. We, as humans, create so much suffering for ourselves in our mind. It's crazy. Mm. And I don't know why we do it. But it's the mind's job. It's its job to think and plan and create and understand and worry because it's out of fear, perhaps. But I think the more that we can learn to just keep practicing, and that's what I do, even when wobbly things come up, it's like just try and just practice letting go, just play a game with it Mm. and see what happens. Mm. And in all my experiences so far, the more that I've let go, the easier it all is. Mm. But we're sort of conditioned to think the opposite to that, Mm -hmm. that you need to control and understand and create and have structure around everything. So it feels really, really hard to let go. But in all the books that I've read and experiences, that's really the best thing to do.
0: Mm -hmm. And so the first thing you do when you wake up, i.e. like your first little part of your morning routine,
1: I, if I haven't woken before my alarm, I turn my alarm off. Mm. <laughs> Crucial. Don't let it go on I never snooze my alarm. Just can't, I don't understand how people do it. I know you do it.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible. I'm worse.
1: I just, I'm like one little fright, that's enough. Like, and I'm like, how do you just let it keep going? It keeps waking you up. So alarm off, turn my salt lamp on, tell myself to get up, open my curtains, and then sunlight in the eyeballs yeah but at the moment it's dark but just same yeah Yeah. try to do that and then I'll meditate for 20 minutes Mm. and then get going and and lots of days I can't be bothered meditating I'm like I don't want to do this I'd rather sleep in but it's just that it's that game of the mind and that's where I know I'm like just do it even if it's so busy and I feel like I just haven't I feel like I've thought the whole way through it My teacher's like, that's still perfect. Everything that you do mm. is still just committing to doing, just giving some space and just bringing your attention to, to now. So, yeah, that's my first thing I do when I wake up.
0: And then I suppose my next question is around kind of the ultimate way to connect with somebody in a very intimate way. Mm. What have you in your experiences or learnings or things that you? have that work, worked really well with your past relationships or what haven't worked well? I think
1: in terms of intimacy, I've learned great things and I've learned things that I also will, will practice differently in my next relationship. And in my opinion, there seems to be this like unspoken rush to get to just having sex and like, we don't, what? it just feels like it's this this end thing that's like that means we're intimate and we're connected I'm not that into it I mean yeah it's like fun and you know I've learned lots and had great experiences for sure for me I think actually being really intimate with someone and having sex with them is something that's really sacred and and should be something that's and and for sure, it's also fun to just have sex and have fun. Mm. But when, when, when you're talking about intima- intimacy and connecting with someone, I think for me, it's just not rushing into it and, mm. you know, having time to explore and talk to each other. Like literally no one in my past relationships, you don't say what. What do you enjoy? What do you want? Mm. Do you even know what you want? Mm. Do you even know what you enjoy? Yeah. No, probably not. Lots of people don't. It's just this thing that everyone just does and you're like, oh, yeah. Like, you you just orgasm and cool. That's that. Mm. But we miss all of the, like, slow, intimate times where you're connecting with someone deeply. And that can be, like, the most amazing connection without even actually physically having sex. Like, mm. I think we're just rushing. That's that's my opinion. Yeah. So, I hope to meet someone <laughs> that we can just spend more, just more conscious about the whole thing. Yeah, just go slow and explore more instead of just going straight into it. Yeah, I was actually even this course that I've been doing talks about. As soon as you have sex with someone, you're energetically bound to them. Mm. So often we might, you might meet someone and they're attractive and you get on and blah, blah it's great, and then you sleep together, but it's, you miss red flags as soon as you set to them. And I was like, that's really, really interesting because you're energetically bound to this person and if you're physically attracted to them, you'll miss seeing things that maybe they don't show up the way that I actually want someone to show up. Maybe they don't communicate the way that I'd like them to communicate. Whereas if you practice going slower and actually learning hey how do they communicate how do they show up how do we work together as a team before you jump into that then you're really clear about getting energetically bound to this person
0: yeah that's really really nice Mm -hmm. I just wanted to comment on that because I mean I suppose I framed the question as around intimacy and it does feel like you can have obviously intimacy without sex we can also have sex without intimacy Mm -hmm. so if you want the both together Mm. at the same time (laughs) then taking it slow Mm. and yeah making sure you've um you honored the process a bit Mm. other words that I've heard before that I quite liked the framing of is taking the outcome or the expectation away Mm. from it like non-outcome orientated Mm. intimacy or sex Mm. and by the nature of taking out the outcome Mm. you will slow things down because there's nowhere to go yeah
1: there's no rush there's nowhere to be. And I think there's nothing
0: wrong with having sex without intimacy
1: intimacy. Yeah, totally. We're not saying like, that there's different right or wrong, but
0: yeah. it depends on what you're looking
1: for. I think yeah, I think that's exactly it is actually either way. I mean, obviously for my personal situation, I'm looking for something that's probably more intimate mm-hmm. combined with sex instead of just sex with no intimacy. This is the stage that I'm at and what I want and saying that there's nothing wrong with the other way, I think, in my opinion, it's just ensuring that you have boundaries yourself mm. because a lot of the time we go in potentially with expectations that we've maybe created in our own mind about this relationship with this person mm. and we don't have a boundary to say, okay, actually, what, what, why am I going into this? Am I going into this just for fun and it's all good? And if you are and you've created that boundary and you're aware of that, that's fine because you're not going to get hurt and... Mm you're energetically really clear of what you're allowing in. Mm. Whereas if you don't have boundaries and you're not really sure and you're just jumping into this thing, you might then end up feeling hurt or whatever might happen, or it might be really great. And that's awesome. Mm. (laughs) But I think boundaries for me is something that we never talk about. Mm. Um, And just through work that I've been doing recently is saying, actually, what are my boundaries? What do they look like? Getting really clear on them And then when I'm clear on that, then you can, when you meet different people and they show up in different ways, then that helps you understand, yeah, this guy's great and this is all working. Or if like, maybe they're emotionally unavailable, then everything else looks great, but the availability is not there. But for for me, if that's something that's really crucial, then you can be like, yeah, great, but no, sorry.
0: What is something that you are grateful for that brings you joy in this moment? in this moment right now
1: being with you oh. sitting talking about this i love it i think it's really special to be able to do be able to have these conversations firstly and foremost because it's quite it's quite confronting i think at times cuz you're like oh wow you're asking me questions that maybe i think about but don't actually talk about yeah um but right now i'm really grateful that we get to do this
0: it's fun likes to to finish on gratitude we could go on quite literally for hours but we're going to finish up there with gratitude lovely way to end thanks so much for tuning in today if you'd like to learn a bit more about sarah and honeypot please head to our website honeypotculture.nz you can do a online meditation with sarah we have some free meditations sitting on the website there so jump in and check out those we're also looking at booking a honeypot ceremony in auckland in the next couple of weeks so uh, watch this space for a honeypot ceremony coming soon all right have a lovely rest of your day